0: Speak to
2: him.
0: They are who we thought they were.
2: And we let them the whole I get out of here, and just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's
3: go scatter the west right tight. F left, left, 372 Y sticks. Woo!
0: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football.
3: What up? Let's go on a Wednesday. I have the hardest time today remembering that it actually is Wednesday. Welcome in regardless. How y'all? Y'all doing all right? I'm ready to get going. Lots to get to today. The question of the day is, with a burn ban in the state of Mississippi, and it rained a little bit in parts of the state, is there anything in any way you can burn anything or not? That's what I want to know. Can Can you cook out? Can you cook out? Can you build a fire, say, in one of those little, what do you call them? <clears throat> or, you know, Oh, like I know. Those
1: were, those were mentioned specifically. Negative.
3: Negative on that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just curious. I And I don't know if we're still under a burn ban or not. Because it feels outside like let's build a fire weather. <laughs> and I got my hand up as a pyromaniac. I love fire. Me and Beavis have that in common. We just love fire. So I'm just curious. There's your question of the day. All right. Welcome in on this Wednesday into the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents that you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. Get to know someone personally. If you have a question. You know, sometimes it's not just, you you didn't have a fender bender Saturday night at 11 o'clock. But it's maybe, I don't know. Monday night around 7 or 8 after dinner and you're flipping through some papers and trying to figure out a few things and maybe a way to save some money here or there, do something here or there, a little different, well, just pick up your phone and call the guy. You got him on your cell phone. You know him personally or her. It's the way it ought to be with insurance. is the way it is at Farm Bureau. All right. So several ways for you to be a part of the show. You can uh, always call me. I always enjoy hearing your voice on the uh, Davini Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. They are your Kubota dealer. Uh, right there, Davini. The Divinity Equipment phone line is 995-1059. 995-1059. Also, the text line is wide open to you. 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. Or... Eight eight five three seven seven six. 3776 So text away. All in the 601. It's all 601 stuff.
1: I think I have an answer to what you'd asked. Let me if hear you it. Really, If you really want to know. I really do want to know. I'm on the Mississippi Forestry Commission page here. They say not allowed campfires, bonfires, fire pits, fire rings, burn barrels, debris burning, field burning, anything with an open flame that produces an ember. Allowed propane gas grills, propane gas heaters. Charcoal grills are allowed on the burn ban. They should be used as described. Yada yada yada, and really take care of your coals when you dispose of them. Other than that, you are allowed. I think they knew that that would be a bridge too far.
3: Okay. Yeah, can't cook out. Yeah, can't cook Uh, out. Bull. (laughs) Outrage. I'm in. I'm incense. Speaking of incense, let's burn some of that. All right. So Uh, also allowed. Yeah, under the right. religious exemption. All right, so the, well, I appreciate that. Be, a Bit of info, Roger. So I wonder how far we have to go to have the burn ban lifted.
1: You Check might know that? that. I, I know mean, we got state officials listing.
3: Sometimes they'll call. How much rain do we have to have? I mean, and is it possible we can't go into winter with a burn ban? Can we? <laughs> Oh, the things that we come up with on this radio show—it's a lot of fun. We got a text here on the text line. That says, "Yes, uh, burn ban still in effect statewide." Okay, let's. Tfn they say. Um, what does that mean, Roger? What do you mean, Tfn? Until further notice. Oh, so it's indefinite.
1: Yeah, until I guess Dead, uh, since they can't it. predict the weather, you'd think hurricane season would have <sighs> jogged things up a little bit. Well. I want
3: to build you know a fire. I want to build a fire.
1: I bet you didn't know that we had 239 <laughs> wildfires in the state last month. Mm-mm. Yeah. I didn't know that. <clears> That's <throat> like like the one they responded it. to.
3: Yeah, You never hear about wildfires. Okay, Miko on the text line says, we have to have three to six inches of rain, according to David Hartman. Well, do we have any rain in the forecast like that? We're that short. All right. You know, we are in a time of year where, I mean, the wind's going to be blowing harder more often. Some of these weather patterns. All right, bring it on. Look here. I'm looking at Tupelo, for instance, my hometown. Friday and Friday night. All kinds of rain in the forecast, right? Friday night, 80% overnight. Uh, Small chance of rain Saturday morning. Get another... You know, jumps up there, chance of rain on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. But I know that didn't we have some high school football games that actually got moved around like they were going to play them on Friday, they've gotten moved up, going to play them on Thursday to avoid that chance of heavy rain on Friday night? I believe that is right. Let's go to the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Bill in Raymond. What's up, Bill?
0: Hey, man, I, th- I don't know, but I thought I'd heard earlier in the week that I'm, I want to say the middle linebacker from Missouri had gotten injured and was out for the season. Yes. And if if you could check and see about that. And the other thing was, you know, was he a big part of their defense? So since they're supposed to be so powerful on defense and what effect yes. that might have.
3: Bill, he, this, he was injured. Yeah, and and uh, Bill, let me give you a heads up. Matt Stinchcombe, former player, and now an analyst with the SEC Network and ESPN, calls a lot of games throughout the SEC. He's going to be on the show here in a minute, and maybe I'll run that by him too. Uh, he'll have a, a good gauge on Missouri. But from what I understand, you know, Missouri has a really good run defense. They've been good on defense. They, they you know, they hadn't played the the Alabamas. And the Georgias yet. But um, statistically, they do have a good but run they played defense. Too.
0: They, they played South Carolina, and they have played, I forget who the other
3: South yeah, they, conference they, team was. They beat some And LLM to
0: almost nothing.
3: Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, they're good. Okay, they've played well. But I will tell you that, um, you know, Sometimes I think there's a tendency to discount what one player, like the difference one player can make. But I look at the difference that like a Willie Gay can make and did make for Mississippi State's defense when they played Kentucky, and you come away maybe a little more of a believer of this one really good player. And this guy for Missouri is a heck of a player. They said it was a pectoral injury, so he had surgery like yesterday maybe, Um, three to four weeks minimum, and possibly therefore you don't miss the whole rest of it. So it's a shot to their defense, certainly. But, you know, I think mean, I think they feel like they're good enough to still go win some games without him. It's just it is a blow like to their said, depth. One yeah. player
0: can make a major
3: difference. One player can make a major difference. No doubt about it.
0: All right, hey. And we need a bright star out there somewhere. <laughs> I'm
3: sorry. No, you're all right, man. I appreciate you, Bill. Thank you for the call. Call me anytime, all right? Um, And we had a caller who heard on the news yesterday that six to eight inches of rain is needed to lift this burn ban. What a bummer. The, 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 the temperature finally feels like let's cook out and, you know, I don't know, cook something over a fire kind of weather out in the yard. Now we have to pray for loads of rain just to make that happen. I'm not going to – I, I got to stop it. Stop being negative. Stop complaining. The weather. What are we going to do about the weather? Like what are we going to do about it? Nothing. There's nothing we do about it. So instead we'll focus on football. Let's have a little fun. Right now, talking football on the show.
4: Aha!
3: <laughs> uh-huh, I got a chuckle out of it. <laughs> well, uh. Oh, it's just a different
2: version of a familiar canine.
3: <laughs> That's exactly right. A different. Hey, did you see Matt Stinchcombe, by the way? SEC Network ESPN on your radio. Matt, did you see where Bully uh, kind of got rolled up, or almost rolled up, run over at Auburn a nah, couple of weeks ago? You
2: look, yeah look, yeah, man, let me just say, tell you, those, those dogs are athletes, and bullies and athletes, just like the rest of them,
3: mm-hmm. uh, as long as
2: you don't feed them until they're the size of a coffee table. <laughs> and he, uh, I wasn't worried about that dog. He, uh, he can handle it. He, he he skinned right out of there and, and avoided calamity.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and there's something for me, Matt, you know, I grew up, without a whole lot of pets but we always had hunting dogs and stuff and so you know we all have different vantage points and i i love animals i am 100 percent against any cruelty to animals don't believe in it that kind of thing but there's also this whenever i see a big deal out of something that happens to an animal i think well now if i'm going to have a great big reaction to an injury to an animal i need to have it at least an equal t- reaction to injuries to people you know you know what sure, i'm saying sure person. <laughs> yeah.
2: oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not be so uh, calloused and laissez-faire when a guy blows his knee out but a dog almost gets injured on the sideline and mm-hmm. we're going to wig out.
3: Now, mm-hmm.
2: There's something disjointed about that perception, yeah. no doubt.
3: No doubt. All right, Matt Stinscombe.
2: Well, that dog leads All a better right. life than
3: either you or I, by the way. <laughs> That's right. No question. Matt Stinscombe on your radio. Uh, y'all follow him on Twitter, at mstinch79. So, Matt, uh, I see and was happy to see you're going to uh, scheduled to be in the booth in Knoxville for Mississippi State versus Tennessee this weekend. You saw State recently, um, and then they go on the road to Auburn and, and get blown out. What do you make of the Bulldogs right now, the Mississippi State ones?
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Um, we did, Yeah, we saw them versus Kentucky, mm-hmm. and I was surprised. And part of it was a function of a you know, pretty poor quarterback play by Kentucky, but also a defense that played much better than I anticipated uh, out of Mississippi State. You know, the Auburn thing, it was a buzzsaw type of a first quarter, right, Mm -hmm. where if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Offensively, it didn't start well. Um, Tough spot to play, there's no doubt. It's a tough team to play, uh, which always gives you a little bit of pause and puts things into perspective, right? We saw that with Auburn on the road this past week. Um, You're facing a good defense. You're on the road. The road games matter. And so, because of that, uh, in this conference, it does anyway. You know, you're asked a tall order to ask of a kid that's forced into service, um, as a, uh, as a freshman, uh, at quarterback. And then, of course, you know, special teams mishaps. It's Mm -hmm. just, it wasn't an ideal start to say the least. You're down 21 nothing with six minutes to play, I think, in the first quarter. Um, that's concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, but as aggressive a defense as they've maintained to be, um, I think that, you know, they got to tackle better. Uh, they need to find a way to generate more of a passing game. I've, I've actually been very surprised at how little horizontal passing game they've, they've implemented relative to their peers. Um, you know, it's there, but relative to the other teams in the SEC, um, they aren't throwing it in and around the line of scrimmage nearly as much as most others are. Mm-hmm. And that that's, could be a function of a number of different things, the defensive looks you're getting, uh, perhaps abilities or inabilities out wide to block, et cetera. Um, but if nothing else, to unlock boxes more for what is, I think, one of the best running backs in college football, not just the SEC and Collin Hill. Um, but and versus this bunch that they'll see uh, in Tennessee this week, that's proven to be better in their front seven. That was one of their best games, uh, versus Georgia for at least the first two quarters. And then they wore down, they've gotten their depth, but their front frontline guys. Um, they played as good a football as I've seen them play all season and certainly gave Georgia more than they wanted. Um, so that's, I think going to be, um, somewhat of a necessity for Mississippi state offensively is to find ways to generate perimeter yardage, um, and it doesn't just have to be high-percentage throws uh, versus a secondary that has not performed great overall in Tennessee.
3: Yeah. It's really interesting you bring that up because I I think just the kind of default phrase that I've uttered several times, Matt, is, you know, this offense does not throw bubble screens, um, you know, for whatever reason. It's just not a part of what State's doing. And you know I can't help but wonder. Yeah, maybe it is a deal where you're not confident about blocking out on the perimeter in front of it. But even if you didn't block it, you'd have people running sideline to sideline every now and then. Um, it's it's interesting to, to hear you have that observation, and then you have the observation of Tennessee. I watched them. I know the game winds up stretched out, but in the second half, you had a pretty close game. And what I thought I saw from Tennessee was a little physicality and little punch on the line of scrimmage that, frankly, I'm not sure I knew they had prior to that game. So is that kind of what you were seeing? No doubt.
2: No, there's no doubt. And they had a freshman uh, step up outside, uh, number 27. Heck, I don't even know his kid's name. Mm -hmm. I just know that he gave Andrew Thomas, who is thought to be one of the – he was a highly – I know he was a highly recruited kid, well regarded. But he gave Andrew Thomas more than he wanted, and that's probably the best left tackle in the conference right now. Um They stepped up their play. Uh, The the issue that they have is depth. They have none. And they've had to have their frontline players to improve just so that they could be sufficient in the conference. They got that versus Georgia. They're they're not a great second-half team, and that's where we see it, where uh, teams that lack depth, obviously, they run out of juice, and especially up front with the number of snaps that they're facing and the amount of sideline-to-sideline plays that they're having to cover down on. You know, you just wear guys down. Now, as you pointed out, Mississippi State—that's really not something that they have. Um, It's—it's it's, got to be in the offense. I'd be shocked if it weren't, but it's just definitely not something that they implement with any regularity.
3: Yep. Matt Stinchcomb on your radio right now. Uh, Ole Miss, Matt, this weekend is headed up to Columbia, Missouri. Someone called in right before you uh, jumped on with us and was asking a little bit about their injury to their linebacker and how impactful that is. And when you glance at both that matchup and Missouri playing without their star linebacker. Um, what do you make of that one? Big advantage Missouri at home, or do you think it's closer than some people think?
2: Uh, yeah, I will say it, it impacts Missouri's defense, I think, quite a bit. Um, and that's they have been more defensive. Uh, they're a uh, That's the strength of their team at Missouri mm-hmm. right now. I think offensively um, it was not very impressive. Uh, frankly, uh, even with a healthy Kelly Bryant in the lineup, they really bogged down. What's kept them in games was generated points. Heck, they, they had The Cale Garrett kid at linebacker has had three straight games, um, two pick sixes and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, the defense is setting that offense up and it's generating the scoring opportunities, if not scoring itself, uh, for Missouri right now. and That's what's generating the separation that they've enjoyed the past two uh, games that they've played, including the conference win over South Carolina. But, the, you know, you look at the scoreboard and you kind of look at the box score, and it lies to you because it looks better than it was, especially offensively. We always assign points right off the gate to uh, an offense. If they're scored, well, you know, special teams can score. Um, you know, defenses can score. And that's certainly what happened versus Troy the other day, and that ended up being the difference uh, later on. You know, Missouri had some good plays early. And then they really bogged down. But that defense is pretty good. And they faced a young quarterback, um, and Ryan Holinski versus South Carolina, uh, that just couldn't quite handle the stage. Now, this John Rice Plumley kid, I, I, I was aware that he was a, a highly regarded recruit, um, and that he was a, a tremendous athlete, plays baseball. I didn't know he had wheels like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and his ability to run changes their entire rushing attack, the dynamic of their rushing attack and implemented along with rich Rodriguez's philosophies, which, you know, they don't have a huge playbook. They run basically the same plays over and over again, same concepts, different formations, different personnel groupings, uh, and they attack it differently, but it's it's effectively zone read and counter is what I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and and it's and yet how they get there, is really fun to watch. Now, I'd be I think clearly very difficult to defend, and losing that at linebacker, and that's where, you know, the zone read and counter game is won. Now you can't forfeit the line of scrimmage. Granted, but the the plays are made in those runs versus really any runs at linebacker. And mm-hmm. Kale Garrett is the leading tackler for Missouri, by far the defensive leader, and I, I mean that not just. You know, uh, from an emotional standpoint, charismatic standpoint, he's the guy that gets them lined up. He's the one that helps them figure out what's about to go on. They've got some new faces in that front seven, and without him, it's a distinct concern. Ole Miss doesn't throw the football very well, so that helps them. And they'll probably be able to add to the box because they've played a lot of man-free this year, allowing them to steal another player from the secondary. And they'll certainly be willing to do that versus Ole Miss, given – their inability, really, to get the passing game going, but frankly, they 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 haven't had to, especially versus Vanderbilt. My gosh, four hundred and thirteen rushing yards—that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, and with uh, some new faces in that backfield,
3: it really is. It's you know, it's hard to do that against uh, your your scout team in practice, let alone another live opponent. So it's certainly impressive. Hey, Matt, yeah, um, I look forward to seeing you in the press box again, high on Rocky Top, early. Saturday morning we will get you on the road quick. When it's over,
2: <laughs> bring me some of that muscadine ripple ice cream, would
3: you? I'll do my best. I I will do my darnest. See if we can't like freeze pack it and send it up there. You know what I mean? We'll 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 see if I can't get it to you in Knoxville. Though I guarantee you, we'll have some in Starkville the next time you come through.
2: <laughs> yeah, buddy, I'm counting on it.
3: Yep, same here. All right, hey, thank you.
2: Thanks, Matt.
3: Yep. See you, All right, Siva. Talk to you soon, Matt stenchcomb ESPN and the SEC Network. What did you take away from that? What did you take away from that conversation? I will tell you that you know, one thing I took away is that uh, he thinks very highly. This is a guy who was first round draft pick and ran around all those NFL athletes in Oakland for those original John Gruden Raiders teams. He knows what the athletes look like and he's really high on Kylan Hill but he also could see what I could see and that is something got up under I mean I don't know if it was getting up for the Georgia game or what but Something lit a fire under Tennessee on the line of scrimmage last week, and they played better than you, than that. You know, I thought we were going to see. And so the question is, could they do it two weeks in a row, and this time for an 11 a.m. game against State? State? State's got to be more physical and got to be better on the line of scrimmage, both sides. I still think State's got a chance of going in there and winning, though. Hour one just getting started. I'm glad you're here. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, Roger. My sinuses and stuff are getting the best of me. Stuffy nose. You
1: clear clear it up after this cool snap
3: sneezing coughing Stuff thank, fever can't
1: rest right
3: <laughs> doing the um show with constant cough drop in my mouth thank goodness for a cough button or else it would be unbearable sort of thing but nobody cares nobody cares about any of that nobody wants to hear it but me i think this year
1: has been i, I don't know how to ask the allergist but it seems like this year has been a little rougher for me and some other people that i've mm-hmm. seen just a anecdotal yeah experience
3: yeah i think kind of, so i guess all this hot weather may have made pollen worse yeah it may have well and dry as a bone too right and that's what we're sitting here talking about the the burn ban. people saying we got to get six to eight inches of rain before we're gonna lift the burn ban. <clears throat> we'll get it all in a week watch <laughs> yeah that's right we'll get a month of it and then it'll Mother be your balances or books always and that's right okay uh so y'all bear with me on the whole voice thing and using the cough button constantly. We'll get it. People on Facebook uh, and Twitter can see what I mean. All right, so give me a call on the Divinity phone, 995-1059, 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Uh, I I caught a little bit of the end of the gridiron, Chris, and when I look over here at the text line, the text line is full of all this stuff about and going back to Ole Miss getting in trouble with the NCAA and getting some penalties and <laughs> the rivalry and what they shouldn't shouldn't do and can they ever get back and It's, it's Dan Mullin's
1: fault. All the you know where you stand <laughs> depends on where you're sitting. I guess all the uh, a lot of people have this view of state's glory days or Ole Miss's bad days. There, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm
3: sure. Fluffy texted their show, and he said, I think Dan Mullen is to blame for the current vitriolic Mississippi football rivalry. In order for that to be true, though, it would have to have not ever been vitriolic before Dan Mullen, which couldn't be further from the truth. And look, I, everybody's got a different perspective on things. You know, I'm not an Ole Miss guy, not a Ole Miss fan. I'm a state guy. Um. And my perspective is, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, state's not happy that their football team isn't better this year or hasn't been. They didn't beat Kansas State. You know, okay. And sitting there at three and two and didn't play very good against Auburn. But I think in reality, they're, you know, state fans not all that upset about the way things are. My my perspective, what I see is because of what happened 2015 and 16 and all that kind of stuff. Really, the only people who are upset with the way things are are the Ole Miss people. But when you listen to them talk, they talk as if, oh, everybody's down, woe is us. Well, no, hold on. It ain't no woe is us. (laughs) State fans aren't woeing right now. They might be. Not really woeing too much. I think you have to look at things in terms of the way it really is. Okay, um, text line, 885-ESPN. Okay, got it. And and I'm I'm going to come to Chris. Thank you, Roger. Let's see. It says, "Have you heard about the Tennessee sports radio host in Knoxville living on the roof of a car dealership until the Vols win?" I think it is brilliant. I I can't quote to you the name of the guy right now who it is, but I did see it. I uh, wasn't. I, it, love it was, those. I think it's it on Twitter. Old school radio, maybe. right there. Isn't it old
1: school, Roger? Like living on a billboard. Like get me down. Yeah, I've seen those, you know, till, I'm not coming down till we raise a thousand pints of blood. I love it. We want your blood for October. <laughs> I love it, man. Feel free to use that Mississippi Blood
3: Service. There you go. Call it Red October. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> yes. We're we are on it. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, hire we're on
3: fire. Well, hire us now. No, burn ban. You can't be on fire. Sorry. <laughs> we're not literally on fire, only theoretically figuratively lately inside my charcoal grill <laughs> <laughs> what about people who smoke oh
1: they, yeah you 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 know what about folks who smoke you drive along the roads and you see those burnt off places mm-hmm. i bet 90 percent of them were intentionally
3: <laughs> weren't intentionally burned exactly <laughs> they were trying to get rid of gypsum uh-huh. especially if you see it right now you know good and well it wasn't intentional because we we're under a burn ban but hey it's the right thing to do. No, I I think it's brilliant. It is brilliant. I only wait. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna copy it. I'm gonna copy it at some point. If state goes on a long losing streak or something like that, I'm gonna copy it. I'm gonna hook up with a car dealer and I'm gonna live on the roof of the car dealership until state wins again. game. The thing is, he's really banking on state losing this weekend at Tennessee because after that they're gonna lose. So like Tennessee's gonna lose to Alabama and a couple more. He's gonna be up there a while <laughs> if he sticks to this. I need and, to tell that story in the locker room. Keep him up there, guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Keep him up there. He didn't think you can do it. Um, and then, yes, yeah, somebody texted in and said that they uh, were hearing, yeah, today marks the 20th anniversary of that Auburn comeback, and that's right, 20 years ago today, October the 9th. Really cool. Saw some stuff on Twitter. So, you know, we covered that back when State was getting ready to play Auburn. So I appreciate the heads up on that. Okay, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone. Chris hanging on the line. What's up, Chris? How you doing, Matt? As far as I know, I'm good.
0: Hey, did you ever look into the um, what I asked you about your wife's voice?
3: Uh, No, I didn't ask her. Wait a minute. Maybe I did mention <laughs> it to her. She, I think I did mention it to her. And the way she is, she's like, oh, really? Okay, huh, whatever. And then kind of moved on. You know. <laughs>
0: Well, um, I have two questions for you. Um, the first thing is the announcer that used to be at the State that had the, the unique voice, okay. whatever happened to him?
3: Um, you talking about radio announcer?
0: No, the guy that.
3: Uh oh, we lose Chris.
0: Football game.
3: Oh, oh, okay. You, last, hey,
0: I was up there our last year, and it was somebody different.
3: Yeah, Chris, you cut out there, but I think I heard enough. You're talking about the PA announcer named Hank Flick. Oh, yeah.
1: Dr. Flick. yeah that's
3: it. That's it. That's had that's the it. high-pitched voice, and, yeah. Hank, uh, hold on. Okay, Hank, so I, Hank retired probably, oh, 10 years ago. Ten, Yeah, about 10, 12 years ago. He kind of retired, and then um, uh, he passed away uh, two or three years oh, ago. Man. He sure did.
0: Well, then you maybe you need to get some of his stuff and play it on here. I love hearing Jack Crystal. I miss Jack Crystal so much listening to the games. But the other thing is, I kind of lobbed a a grenade into Chris Brooks's radio and kind of blew it up there a little bit. I may do that to you. I was wondering, you know, I'm a state fan, been a state fan all my life, and I've just been thinking a lot lately at how great it would be if both of these programs – kind of went back to where we were in 2014. Yep. And stopped killing each other. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, we can't keep doing this. I mean, it's insanity to me. You keep the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I mean, if these two teams are going to actually come back to prominence and be where we need to be, we need to stop trying to get each other in trouble. Yeah. And I mean, I want well, to Well, what, what you what saw would you say that.
3: Chris, um, what would you say is the most recent example of that?
0: Well, I guess the Leo Lewis thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, you know, I mean, why, why? It's, mm-hmm. it's just not. To me, I think it's just petty. Well, but, I who mean, was behind that though?
3: And in, in in your in, estimation, yeah, Leo Lewis giving up his information to the NCAA. Who was behind that?
0: I kind of think that Dan was, if you want my opinion. No. And I mean, well, I, I could be completely wrong, but I mean, we were we were all kind of starting to get along a lot better. And then when Dan came in, he stoked a fire that he saw that was sitting there just embering. Yeah. Well, and I just, I mean, I think with the coaches we have now, I think that everything's coming back. And I really just wish that state fans and Ole Miss fans would say, "Hey, look, we just need to stop killing each other." Yeah. We need to stop telling on each other trying to get each other in trouble.
3: Well, and that's it. I mean, I think great. you can I think you can boil it down to to that very matter-of-factly and that is bringing NCAA scrutiny on one or the other. You know, once you, you eliminate that, all else doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I hate your guts or not. What matters is if, you know, I have information and I go tattling to the NCAA. Um, appreciate the call, Chris. Call me back anytime. Y'all stick around. All right. Back on the show, I keep, this, uh, keep seeing on Twitter some stuff like this. This popped up a couple of minutes ago. Mm. Oxford's homecoming game with DeSoto Central has been moved up to Thursday. Uh, The Tupelo homecoming game against South Haven is moved up to Thursday tomorrow, 7 p.m. The parade now set for 4 o'clock Thursday. Line the floats up beginning at 3.30, not on Friday. And a buddy of mine texted me and said, South Panola at Germantown is one of those that got moved up to tomorrow night, and there are a bunch of others as well. So, again... A forecast around the state, I guess pretty much the entire state then, because in north Mississippi and parts of central and south Mississippi, rain yeah, is supposed to come yeah. in on Friday night, Roger. I, like we haven't seen it, in it before, but it's, I guess it's the, the lightning that they're yeah. afraid of. That's right. Yeah, potential I do like runners,
1: one sure. little trend that I've noticed around uh, that a lot of the public schools are doing on homecoming, and they're doing it before the game. And I know that the football coaches love it. Because it doesn't interrupt the flow and you you know the game, but make it a forty five minute long halftime or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's that's why I throw that out there. No (laughs) doubt
3: about it. Do some of the walking and the parading ahead of time.
1: Yeah, the ladies. Because sometimes you know you got players who are involved. They need to go ahead get get suited up.
3: Yeah. Uh, Chad on Twitter says, (laughs) "It's twenty nineteen. We're back in it. (laughs) Here we are." Chad on Twitter says. Uh, Radio Wyatt, tell your last caller if he wants to really know who tattled to the NCAA on Ole Miss, he doesn't need to look to Starpoint. Instead, tell him to look two states of the east in a town called Athens. Tunsil is a hint. There's right. a lot of there's definitely reality to that. Georgia, really listening
1: to us off off the air,
3: yeah, probably so. Georgia, Alabama, and some others responsible for going to the NCAA, and at one point back in about 2014. 13, and saying, hey, 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 boys. If you continue to let things go the way they're going over there for the the boosters and people in Oxford, you're going to have a problem with everybody around here because we all kind of see what's going on. So, yeah, the idea that it was just one place, it really wasn't just one place. But then the NCAA's got to go in do a big investigation and kind of go through the whole deal. And like I told you yesterday, this is a fact, is – There's really two reasons. There's two primary reasons that in recent years the NCAA has done any investigating at all and any handing down of penalties at all. And that is, one, the media uncovers stuff, and therefore, two, the NCAA has to do stuff sometimes to keep up the perception that there is enforcement. They're not really interested in in penalizing somebody or their boosters. They're not interested in that. They really could care less what the ncaa really is most interested in is kind of covering their own fanny and raking it in in the process so So every now and then they will investigate or they will hand down sanctions to northern arizona because we need to keep up the perception that we do enforcement but that's really all it is well then
1: maybe we need to get away with the uh, death penalty what what do you mean by that when they you know that's that's what they call it when they come in they shut you down sure, you can't right. recruit you know all that yeah
3: just kill the program completely
1: yeah when it, i mean because they've done that recent years yeah. several people
3: hey look at this this happens every now and then on the text line roger where you get reminded of something so a texter texted into the show and said what's the weather forecast for knoxville on saturday so i'm gonna look that up for you but it's the same texter who last week one week ago today texted me and said matt what are you smoking Auburn will beat Florida by 10. (laughs) I needed that reminder that I was right about that prediction. Yeah, Knoxville, Saturday forecast, 50% chance of rain at 11 a.m. when kickoff is supposed to uh, happen at 11 a.m. On that particular day, Saturday in Knoxville, it will be a high of 65 and a low of 43. How about that? Probably don't want to be wearing the old... uh... Yeah. White. Yeah. Hard to put out. Yeah, right. Luvier says the best left tackle in the conference is Sadiq Charles at LSU. No contest. Tim says you let Rich Rod get his quarterback, which I think he has, then look out. You know, and that's it. Tim, he recruited a mobile quarterback, Khalil Tate, to Arizona. Wanted to coach him. Had a mobile quarterback at West Virginia when he had success there. So, hey, guy knows offense. I mean, we know that. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, situational fit. Georgia Dogs on Twitter, I'm sorry, on the text line says, Matt, do or die today for our Braves. Can we get the Tomahawk Chop song played? Anxiety will be high today. Yes, it will. Braves versus Cardinals. The deciding game five winner moves on to the NLCS. The loser goes home. They're going to play it in Atlanta at SunTrust Park, four o'clock central. I'll be parked in front of the television. Sure will. It's going to be fun. So there you go, Georgia Dogs, just for you. Mailman in Jackson says maybe Morehead needs to have a four a.m. wake up for the players so they aren't sleepwalking through the first quarter. <laughs> Um, let's see, they would then think that it's much later in the day. Hey, man, do what you have to do, right? Wake them up early. Uh, dog says, simply on the text line, Ole Miss sucks. Um, unna- back,
1: back to the basics.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Unnamed texter says, <clears throat> what state is going through is normal when Mullen was here. He didn't recruit for long-term success, so every few years you spike and then dip. Once Moorhead keeps the recruiting – Going to play will be better and consistent, I think. And I think you have something to that. You're right. I mean, throughout Dan Mullen's what, you win five games in 2009, and then nine, and then a few, what, 2011. How many wins they have in 2011? 12 is the year they started out 7-0 and or 8-0 and and then got waxed by Alabama, but everybody got beat by Alabama that year. 2013, you'll remember they only had five wins going into the Egg Bowl, and Dak ran it in in overtime and got their sixth win, and then they got a seventh win in the bowl game. That was 13. Then, of course, 2014 happened. 2015, Dak's senior year, pretty good. And then 2016, they were a five-win team. You're right. So about every two or three years, there was a whew, dip, and then they would kind of get it back, uh, get it back going. Somebody, uh, somebody texted in they really agreed with Chris and his call. Um, about stop turning each other in to the NCAA, um, and then we have a prediction from Bill on the text line. As he says, Ole Miss will beat Missouri thirty-one to twenty-three. Missouri without their starting middle guy who's having a pectoral surgery. Dadgummit, that's rough sounding, isn't it? Having surgery on my pec. <laughs> ouch all right walking bully on the uh, divinity equipment phone line what's up walking bully matt how's it man? just right good to hear you what's up awesome first of all i hadn't
4: called since last week so uh event uh, at char was awesome um Great. really good so if y'all if you do that again i definitely recommend everyone listening to, uh, thank you try to make one of those but thank you um Second thing, happy, uh, Matthew Butler day.
3: Yeah. You, happy. If you, uh,
4: <laughs> if you realize that's the day,
3: somebody texted uh, in and reminded me that this was the 20 year anniversary. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that game in my living room, um, and we were losing. And so I went upstairs to my room to watch and we came back and won. So, uh, I think I might have had a small part in that. Uh yeah. had, to, you did. had to change where I was
3: sitting. You did. You know, Appreciate that not, very much. <laughs> not superstitious.
4: Not superstitious, just a little <laughs> stitious, right? Um, but my my question is, uh, who do you think starts a quarterback for State Saturday? And second part of that is, if both guys are healthy, who
3: would you start? Yeah, doggone it. It's such a tough deal. And I'm sitting here going today thinking about it. And, you know, my head tells me, that if I just look at if I go left-brained analytics, analytical on this walking bully, and I say, okay, doctors tell us, Tommy tells us, he's 95 to 100 percent. Garrett Schrader is obviously 95 to 100 percent healthy. Then I'm just, you know, I'm gonna start Tommy, and he's a quarterback. I'm gonna go play with Tommy Stevens, throw it all over the field, and get some room for Kylin Hill to run the ball, and run the RPO stuff, and go to town. You know that's the that's the left left-brained analytical pragmatic standpoint on this, and and maybe that's the right take. But then I also was just kind of walking outside today, thinking about it, and like, you know, the thing is, Schrader, he is your quarterback of the future. He hasn't started a game yet on the road in the SEC. Maybe maybe if Tommy's ninety five, one hundred percent, he's the ready to go backup, and you let Schrader start the game, get his first SEC start on the road as a freshman. Heck, you know it's tough to figure that out. I mean, he's pretty close to home too. I bet Schrader's going to have a bunch of people at the game because he's from not far from there. You know, from the Charlotte area. That's not that far from Knoxville. So I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm wishy-washy on it, man. I, I really am. I, I like to think that if I were the coach, I'd come back to it. I'd throw the heart out of it, and emotion out of it, and say, Tommy's healthy, we play him. But the same did the same thing against Auburn, and it he got banged up right away you know so and Schrader played well what would you do you're, you're a fan and you watch who would you start
4: oh turning it turning it around I huh? am yeah. um,
3: I'm, I'm I'm
4: actually in the minority and I would go Tommy I know our fan base is, is Schrader 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 I, I do think Tennessee is acceptable to the run so part of me thinks let's go with the, the zone read the RPO based, and let's run Kyle and then run Schrader, and I think we can have success doing that. Yeah. But for, for the long stretch of the season, I'm not giving up on the season. I think there's a path to 7-5, 8-4, to and four, mm-hmm. and I think it requires uh, – I think you have a better shot with Tommy uh, over the long haul, so I would stay there. Um, but yeah. my, my bigger point would be whatever you're going to do, you got to commit to it. I yeah. think you don't need to go in there. Uh, Wishy washy, and we're going to give somebody a series, and if it doesn't work, he's out, and we're going the other mm-hmm. way. You got to yeah. commit to something, have the buy-in, you know, on, on one or the other, and roll with it. Yeah, so I know the. Uh, I know you're about to go to to break, so uh, yeah. see you.
3: All right, see you. Thanks, Walking Bully. Appreciate, Bully the appreciate the phone it. call. Yeah. All right, so we're going to send it off to hour number two coming up. Uh, this has been a good one, Matt Stinch come early in the show. Um, I'll tell you, I haven't reminded you in a long time about the podcast. I'll do that coming up. Uh, where you can subscribe if you haven't already. So the show's available to you in a couple different places when it's all over with. A good call. I I mean, I don't know what I would do. It's a tough decision. You can trust the coaches. They're seeing every snap of practice. They're going to have a much stronger um, indication of which way they want to go on that, based on health and all that kind of stuff. So, All right, hour two coming up. Get your phone calls and texts in. A long way to go. Stick around.